We got our first look at the unofficial depth chart earlier this week. Which rookie do you guys think has the best chance of moving up before the start of the season? I'm going to go with Raymond Bohasic, the young defensive tackle from North Carolina who had no expectations but has played pretty well the last couple of weeks. He could go from three to two. None but Antonio Johnson. Welcome into our Wednesday edition of Jags AM. I'm Kainani Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Ogier with me this morning. Today's show is brought to you by Jet Home Loans and Training Camp. About to get going. Players aren't quite out there. Some of them might be. Uh, they're going to get their stretch on soon and get practice going. And we got a game on Saturday starting to feel like something's coming together here. We got that unofficial depth chart, which is so official. Well, um, that's the reason. There are really no surprises on it right now. I mean, you look at a guy. Keep it low key. You look at a guy like Antonio Johnson, right? Who is three right now behind Daniel Thomas. Clearly, he is a better prospect than Daniel Thomas is. And I've really liked Daniel Thomas and and waited for him to to become a guy who you could count on here. Um, But he's three because behind Daniel Thomas because he's a rookie. In a week, that could change. Absolutely. And I said him at the top because. He's he's clearly impressed, and is he ahead of Daniel Thomas? I don't know. Uh, you get the sense that the coaches believe that uh, they have seen Daniel Thomas do the role so much that they don't want to switch that up. Uh, but maybe it's him. I I, I I don't know that any of them will move up from their spots before the regular season. Regular season, because it feels like that's sort of where they make sense. Uh, but if you get a numbers thing at safety, maybe Antonio moves past. And I brought up Vahasic because I watched him the last couple of days when they were in full pads. And I was wondering, who is that guy wearing 59? And it, you know, that's Vahasic. Who? Seventh round pick from North Carolina that you know overlooked in many cases. Not a guy that's going to contribute this year or maybe even next. But you can see the physical skills there. You can see why they drafted him. He's tough. He's strong. A project they want to work on for yeah. sure. We'll touch a little bit more on that in a minute, but let's start with our big things. First big thing is buzz. We always talk about people not giving Trevor Lawrence the respect that he deserves, but Brian, you said you saw some lists and you saw some things where he was getting maybe a little of the credit we think he might yeah. be Yeah, you know, the Athletic had him in that tier two, right, just below the elite. You know who the elites are, the Mahomes, the Burroughs, uh, the Josh Allens, Aaron Rodgers of the world. They put Justin Herbert in that. And I think when you look at his stats and the things he's done in his first couple of years, he belongs there. And then there's that second tier of quarterbacks. And they had Jalen Hurts and um, uh, Lamar Jackson and then Trevor. But listening to their podcast, it, it seems like you know they see a lot of buzz for Trevor moving in, You know, being that guy, the weapons and his skill set. And then yesterday, Bill Barnwell on ESPN site had Trevor as one of those guys who could jump into the MVP conversation in his third season in the NFL. So whether he can or he does or any of that, there is a lot of buzz about Trevor Lawrence two weeks into training camp. Well, I think those assessments, if you look at it as objectively as you can, make perfect sense. Jaguars fans all offseason would get very upset with lists. People get mad at lists, Brian, because their guy isn't the top. I get mad at lists. That's Um, what journalism is these days, lists. Spark controversy, yeah. yeah. If you look at Trevor... That's sort of where, if you step back from it all, he's had a half a really, really good season. And he was unbelievable for uh, for some moments. So it's given fans a lot of hope. And I think he's going to be among that elite. 
But that's his storyline right now. Yeah. He is about where they have him with a incredibly good chance to go join the elite. This this could be the year that happens. But if you're trying to be objective about it, you can't put him there yet. Well, no, and I'm, I didn't suggest that he, he should right. be there yet. What's interesting is a year ago, Kai, mm-hmm. he was a guy that everyone was disappointed in, right? The national media didn't take the time to look at, at, at the Prince of Darkness who had been here in 2021, right? And what he had nearly done to this, this kid. Um, so now all of a sudden to see it just dramatically change, 180 degrees, if you will, from the start of camp last year to the start of camp this year is amazing, right? It's good to have good buzz, right? We, yeah. we always, oh, you boy, know, is it. it's, it's always, when it's the other way around, that's not great. When it's a high expectation and they're not delivering. But now it's kind of like, oh, well, we kind of maybe wrote that off or weren't thinking about it. Now it's like the way they finished the last season, now people are thinking about it in a different way in terms of these aren't the same old Jags. Well, if you go back and look at the last nine games of last year, he had 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. His completion percentage was 75.5%, which led all quarterbacks during that time. And his quarterback rating was 104.6, that over those nine weeks was the highest quarterback efficiency rating in the league. So over the second half of the season, and John, you mentioned that he really had one half of one season that you could look at and go, that was elite stuff. Well, the numbers back it up. It was elite stuff. He earned the buzz that he is getting right now. And we're out there watching him every day. And the national media have been through and now we're getting a look at him with the weapons, with another season in the offense. It is, um, it's a good buzz, John. Yeah, there's no reason to think that he won't be there at the end. Uh, but meaning among the elite group, but you have to do it for 17 games. Yeah. You have it's to be more consistent. Now. And it, that's the storyline this year. It will be up to Trevor to prove it, and we well, Rick, hope he does. Rick Meyer, if you recall, all the way back in the early 90s, was the AFC rookie of, or the Offensive Rookie of the Year with the Seattle Seahawks and was a terrible bust three years later. So I get your point. Not going to happen here, though, so never mind. We're going to move to our big thing number two is reps. Now, Trevor talked a little bit. Uh, we had that in our last show about he likes to be out there in the preseason, get the feel of a real game. And Doug came out on NFL Network during his interview to say that we will see the starters a little bit on Saturday in Dallas. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the starters playing, um, and 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 I really feel like they need to feel sort of that that energy that comes with that comes with starting a football game. And so I did it last year, you know, with the guys, and anticipate right now uh, we're still a few days away, but anticipating them getting, you know, maybe a series or two, um, you know, this weekend. And you know, we're still in that evaluation mode, as you know, we got a lot of young players that we need to evaluate, so they're also going to get a, a lot of time. You know, in this football game, but uh, but right now I anticipate our starters playing. You know, playing a little bit, at least getting uh, getting a series or two in this game. See, the quarterbacks are on the same page, and by that I mean Trevor Lawrence and former quarterback Doug Peterson. What's the ideal amount of time we see Trevor in this game on Saturday? John, oh, I would think? say two series. If the first series is eight plays and a touchdown, one series, yeah. just Done. enough to where. Uh, you don't want to overdo this, but I think there are coaches, and I, maybe Doug's like this. If you get a good one in, then get him out. If you get uh, two clunkers, then you say, well, you had your chance. Let's go wrap it up next week. You know, yeah. Let's go do it again next week. I'm not going to leave you out there for five right. uh, to get you hurt. But uh, I think plays 12. Yeah. I mean, he had 12 pass attempts in the game against the uh, the Browns here last year. So that's, that seems right, and you build towards next week where he'll play the first half and, uh, and maybe the first series of the third quarter 
and that'll be it for him in the preseason. So a little bit of work to get warmed up for Detroit. Is that go for all the first string starters? Do you feel like some position groups may need a little more time out there? What do you look at in at this point I, in the preseason? I think you might give the offensive line some more time uh, because you are working through. I mean, you've got Blake Hans who's going to start for Shatley, and Little is is in at left tackle, and obviously Anton Harrison's there. So, and you might want to give C.J. Beathard a running start with the first team line. I could see the first team line playing more than two series. It sounded from what Doug said this morning, uh, meeting with the media, uh, that the veteran starters will all play about the same. So I would expect that to be that number we're talking about, 12 plays, just uh, two series, depending on how it goes. Uh, But then he mentioned Anton Harrison could play a little bit more. Uh, I think the rookies who expect to contribute will get a lot of that second or second and third series through the middle of the third quarter type thing. Uh, but he may be the only guy who really fits into that. Uh, Harrison, Bigsby, guys like that uh, could I, – I expect, I expect Bigsby, for example, to get some work with the ones because it, it seems like you want to work that in a little bit. Which is why you'd leave them in a little bit longer. Yeah, so then you leave the rookies in a little bit longer. All right, moving on to big thing three. Touch on this a little bit as well. So we have that unofficial depth chart, which doesn't mean a ton because a lot of it just looks very similar to last year. There are a couple of notes that we do want to bring up just if you haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Right now we have Blake Hance is going to be in at left guard. That's because Tyler Shatley has not been cleared to play yet. And Anton Harrison, as you mentioned, is going to be starting at right tackle. Did Doug say whether or not he was going to be playing like full go? Because we've seen him held yeah, out play. a little bit in practice. Yeah, from what Doug said, he'll play. And uh, as I said, he, he actually specified that he could play a little longer than the starter. So it sounds like he's, he's back. Getting set up for next week in Detroit, right? I mean, that's where... You're really going to show and, up. And we're going to talk about that a lot next week. But that's where you want to get a lot of really good work in. It's where the starters will get their most valuable work in of the entire preseason. We talked about our uh, at this at the broadcast meeting yesterday, and there were some differing opinions. Tony Baselli and, and uh, some of the other people were trying to decide whether we see the starters mostly in Detroit or mostly against Miami. I think Tony thought some of them would play more in Miami, but most of us thought you'd see, see him more in Detroit. What, what do you guys think What's in terms been, of starters? Kind it, of in the trend. That would if. If that's the case, it'd be the first time Tony was ever wrong. <laughs> oh, I, don't make me misquote him. Now, now I'm scared of misremembering. So, uh, yeah, I would expect them to play mostly in Detroit and then not play against Miami. Um, but we'll okay, see. here's the difference. What are we, three seasons in now to three preseason games? And you third, have, yeah. You have two weeks between the preseason finale and the regular season opener. So if you wanted to get a little bit of work in against Miami. You still have Miami, a full break before. Yeah, there's still two weeks to get guys, you know, ready to go. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, John, when you and I started in this thing, there was a definite rhythm every year to There's when, also four games. And well, it's a little it. different. And, and the, the salary cap was, was a different deal. But now it's kind of changing every year. And well, coaches as, as, as a whole. The spot. As, coaches in general – don't like making their own decisions on this. They like following the league trend because it's safe. And just like most people. So I think what we're seeing now is uh, the process. We're three years into it. Yeah. We're seeing the process of league think trying to take hold. Meaning, what's everybody else doing? Oh, it was and, Bill Belichick in 2011 in the preseason finale against this team in New England where he sat every one of his starters on both sides of the ball. And since then... The third or the last preseason game has been inconsequential for starters. 
Bill Belichick making the trends. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, and he made it easy for those guys to do their thing because Jack came out that night and did the exact same thing. Said I'm all set too. Yeah, too. All right, looking forward. We got a lot more coming up. We're going to get a peek at training camp. The tight ends are getting in there and getting things done, and that'll be a fun group for us to watch. Uh, we'll keep an eye on things, and we'll be right back with more here on Jags AM. Welcome back to Jags AM. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. What day is it? Wednesday, August 9th. I'm losing track of days at this point. I think we're on day 12 of training camp. Today is day 12. I think tomorrow is the 13th practice and the uh, end of open practice. End of open practice. And then we have games and soon enough the season will be here. This is all good things. Players are out there right now. We're going to go over the 53. That's where we look at players that are maybe on the bubble of this team or players that need to have a really good training camp if they want to have a spot, a meaningful place on this team as the 53 begin. We are going to start with John today. Who did you pick for the 53, and who are you looking at to make a a difference for themselves in training camp? Well, I went Blake Hance, and I I don't think the fact that he's number one in the depth chart means that he's the guy that – if all things being equal, would start at left guard. Right, that's what we mean by the depth chart being kind of where it's at right now. But for right now, uh, he's there. And I think what's significant there is uh, you've got Ben Bartsch, who I think when healthy will come back and be that guy. And then I think Shat will uh, go back to being the swing guy uh, when he becomes healthy. Uh, but you need guys in this league who can be your ninth, 10th, uh, up and down from the practice squad guy there if you need it. And on the offensive line, those guys are very, very important because if you get an injury or two, all of a sudden you look up and that guy's, and that guy's protecting uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yep. It certainly seems like out of, the, out of the abyss that is the backup offensive lineman, uh, Blake Hans has become the guy that they feel like, okay, we can rely on this in a pinch. And I think if, if, if he's not on the 53, I think he's – uh, one of those 10 that becomes very important with the practice squad more and more, Brian, being, ext- being an extension of the roster. Without a doubt, and I think you mentioned, I was looking something up, that he's a guy who has played left and right. He can play tackle if you need. Yeah. So he's a versatile guy. And Well, he's also been, a, uh, he's also been around a minute. It, yeah. It's difficult for rookie free agent offensive linemen to catch on and be a legitimate uh, seventh guy in, in your rotation. He's been in camps. He came into the league in 19, so he's more of a grown man with a few years' experience, a few years around the league. Those are usually the guys that you want as that emergency right. guy. Need it. Versatility on the offensive line is immeasurable, and to have the depth that they have on this team that's very fortunate, well, I don't think they're going to go to waste with that and keep as many as they can. Right. We're seeing it right now. I mean, the ability to plug him in because you're on your essentially your third left guard. Chatley was the backup. And Ben Barch goes down. Now you've got Hans you've got to put in. You know, Cam Robinson goes down last year. They put Walker Little in. And now Cam suspended Walker Little needs to play. I mean, it's the versatility issue. And it goes back to Phil Rauscher and, and what a good young line coach he is. We complain about a lot of things, but we can't – like, normally if you have that kind of injury on your offensive line, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Yes. But fortunately for us, they're able it's to – It's a deep group. It's a very deep group. So that's a, that's a strong suit for this team. Um, Brian, who do you have uh, for your player for the 53 this Well, week? I'm going with Yashir Abdullah. Uh, you know, third day of the draft pick. 
pass rusher, which everyone is focused on. And I know that there's a lot of angst now that, you know, Justin Houston is signed and, and there are visits. Jamin Clowney's in Baltimore today and people are throwing their hands up. So you and I were looking at the numbers yesterday. The Jaguars had 35 sacks, half of what the Eagles had, who led the league, and the Jaguars were 25th. Mm-hmm. Let me throw a number at you, though, and this is from the Cowboys. Last year, the Dallas Cowboys led the league in pressures, right, impacting the quarterback 271 times. Do you know who was where the Jaguars come in? Pretty high. Cause really high. They were Third. there. They just weren't 253. There. Third, right, which means that the Jaguars – got good pressure on the quarterback last year, they didn't finish. So we're expecting that from Trayvon Walker. We hope we see that this year in, in, a, in a varied defense. Josh Allen alluded to that. Um, Caleb on Chase Sun's gonna have to, a chance, but I haven't seen a lot from him on the training camp field. But Yashir Abdullah is gonna have a opportunity in these preseason games to see if he can become that third guy. He was a prolific pass rusher at Louisville. I think he had 22 or 23 sacks in two seasons there where he was a starter. They need a third pass rusher, a change-it-up guy. And remember, he's one of those do-a-lot-of-things guys on defense because he's not just unique in Gakwe for all of his pass rush prowess. Say that three times fast. No. Okay. For all that he could do rushing the passer going forward, he was a non-factor against the run. He was an effort guy, but he, he couldn't hold up against the run. This is a guy who can which allows Mike Caldwell to do some different things with him. Bob Sutton and Mike to sit up late at night on Tuesdays and scheme away to get him into the game plan. So I'm watching him really closely this week and, and, uh, and against Dallas because they really need a young guy to come through, whether it's him and, or Caleb on. And change is necessary. Josh Allen himself is saying he, they're getting different play calls going in practice and what they're doing in training camp. He hopes transitions into the games because obviously they struggled with the pass rush last year and he's hoping that these changes will stick. So j- just to connect a couple things real quick. Third most pressures, 253, right? Kansas City was second at 255. 25 takeaways, fifth most in the league. The Jaguars are close, right? I mean, they're close in some areas last year. Can they get back to this level but top it off and increase the sacks? And they have to. Yeah. Um, I th- will touch on another thing with the Asir Abdullah. He obviously came out there. You know, he's undersized, this, that, and the other. His He just seems like he gets it, and, and I say this uh, – from other people's points of view as well, not just my own, but Jeff Logman was talking about it as well. He just has the moves. Like if something doesn't work, he switches so quickly and just comprehends it in a way that not everybody does. Other people have the sheer size. Maybe they look the part, but Yasir has been so quick on the uptake that he sees him as someone that could definitely make an impact. John, I don't know if people have had a chance to see it because the pass rush is so far away from the stands here. Uh, and it's generally way over in a corner where we're not you know, able to access but you see 56 a lot. Mm-hmm. You see him Shows pushing. Up. Yep. Yeah. He pops. I don't know that he's always winning, but you see 56. And if if you pop as a rookie uh, just a little bit, then you usually come on and, and you're better as time goes on because you don't know anything right now if you're a rookie. So uh, that's always encouraging. Just one final point on the defense before we move on. There's sort of a perception among Jaguars fans, and maybe I fall into it too, Oh, the offense is good around here. The defense is bad. Like that's sort of what every ozone question is sort of uh, predicated on. That they were actually tied for fourth in the league in in uh, takeaways last year, and and twelfth in points allowed uh, with a first year coordinator. And every starter, the only guy they lost is Arden Key, and everybody's sort of gnashed teeth about that. And they didn't want to lose Arden, but he's the only guy they lost. 
Well, you can look at that two ways. Well, they didn't make any improvements. Or I get that continuity is not as talked about on offense as it, I mean, on defense as it is on offense, but it matters. And Josh Allen sure thinks they're going to be better because of continuity. So um, I don't think this defense is going to be a top three defense that you remember as one of the great defenses of all time. But if it's healthy, I certainly think that it can improve enough to complement what could be a very good offense. Well, so me, I, I really wonder if you all the shutdown defense is necessary. Better. Well, you like to say fans fans. And angst is part of being a fan as you look at your team. So there's going to be some of that. Real quick, we focus so much on the front, right? Because everyone wants the sack, the strip, that kind of thing. But on the back end last year, Darius Williams was fourth in the league, tied for fourth with 16 passes defense. By the way, Sauce Gardner led the league at 20, so not that far off, right? And um, Tyson Campbell was one behind in fifth place for with 15. And together... They were the most productive quarterback tandem in terms of breaking up passes. And by the way, you can say the same for the safeties, Rayshon Jenkins and Andre Sisco, who had a combined 22 and were first and third among safeties breaking up passes. So the point being, the back end was pretty good last year. Late, better than early. You talk about continuity up front. They're talking about continuity in the secondary. They are. For my pick for the 53, we're going to switch to offense really quick. I just want to touch on this a little bit because we've been hearing his name so often, Kevin Austin Jr. Um, Kevin Austin was on the practice squad last year. He's someone that's really taken advantage of the opportunities he's had in camp. Uh, you know, his name's come up with Trevor. His name's come up with Doug. And I feel like when you're, you know, we can make our observations, but when you're hearing it from, you know, Press Taylor, from Doug, and they're noting them as a person that they're noticing, that's a good sign for you. Yeah, I wonder uh, for Kevin, he really has shown up. Uh, I wonder if he won't have to be a practice squad guy one more year. Not that he hasn't improved, but only because they okay. still like Tim Jones. Yeah, uh, You're deep there. You have Parker Washington who's making the team. So I think it's a good thing all of a sudden this is a deep team where you're having trouble finding a spot for a kid who probably deserves a spot, Brian. I'll give you two other guys. Um, Seth Williams from Auburn and Jeray Jenkins from LSU are – they are a year behind, right, because Kevin Austin has improved, but they're big, tall receivers with long arms and great leaping ability. They can high point the ball. Um, I think Kevin Austin's a really intriguing player because he was coming on on the practice field last year late in the season. He could push Tim Jones. I think also if he doesn't make the roster, as mm -hmm. we mentioned, he might be someone else someone else picks up and, sure. and has a spot for him. Maybe they're not as deep at wide receiver as the Jaguars are, and they give him a chance. Wide receivers and linebackers are contributors on special teams. So let's see what he does in Dallas on Saturday night on special teams. That's going to be the differentiating factor for the sixth spot. We're all wondering what Doug Peterson is going to do in terms of starters on Saturday. We will see how long they are out there. He's running practice today. He's got the visor on. He's ready to go for training camp. We'll keep an eye on things. We've got a little bit more coming up on Jags AM after the break. Welcome back to Jags AM. We are presented by Fields Auto Group, Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. We are in the Hyundai studios for you today. Trevor getting some work in as we get, you know, one of the last, well, I guess more than tense practices were earlier this week. These are a little more run-through-esque before we get to preseason game on Saturday. We're going to look around the league. There's some stuff going on. Justin Houston signing with the Panthers earlier this week. Again, another pass rusher. We, we talk about it ad nauseum. They have not brought in a new big name to try to help their own pass rush. Is there anyone left out there that you guys would be interested in bringing in at this point? 
Uh, they're all in their early 30s. Uh, Melvin Ingram in Miami last year had 10 sacks, right? Yeah. Robert Quinn was very productive pass rusher for years, uh, but last year did nothing in Philly. Both are 33, uh, if you want one of those guys. Yeah, I, I haven't followed this as much as fans have because I just don't have a feeling that they're that interested in it. Uh, meaning the Jaguars aren't that Certainly interested in it. Certainly doesn't seem that way. Um, I think they believe that they have young guys who, as a group, can get pressure. And I think overall, they look at that stat Brian threw out. His team got pressure on the pass for last year. They just didn't get sacks. They got and, great and pressure. I have said for months, I don't think they see this as the same crisis no. that observers do. No, and you don't want to go throw a lot of money at a 33-year-old and, and wonder, you know, if Melvin got 10 sacks in Miami, does he have that? Here's what you got going for you this year. I think Roy Robertson-Harris at the end of last year, John, really came on. He was a, a dominant factor in games in New York and against the Chargers here. Uh, Devon Hamilton, who didn't start camp on the practice field, has been pushing guys around in the middle, right? Talk about creating sack opportunities. When the quarterback can't stand in the pocket, guys like Josh and Trayvon or Calevon or you see are going to be able to hunt on the edges because the quarterback is looking. So there's a lot of reasons to believe that they will get over the top this year. Of course, people aren't going to believe it until they see it. Be better against the run. Get in better pass rushing situations on third down. Yeah. Get leads and get pass rushing situations late in the game. It's not just who you That's usually where good team – why do the Eagles have 70 sacks? Because they were ahead all the time yeah. and they got sacks late in the game. I'm assuming, I haven't looked at their, it, but that's usually the formula. Yeah. Teams that have leads are often good pass rushing teams. And that's where we want to be at, playing with big leads and letting the defense go off and do what they need to do. Another look around the league. We, we talked a little bit about the quarterback show on Netflix earlier this week, but Hard Knocks is back on HBO last night. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check it out. I stayed up late to check it out. I stayed up late because we get here so early for training camp, so I feel like it's school night. Like I stay up late to watch it. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is just interesting in in every facet of the game. Um, did you get a chance to check it out, Brian? I saw little bits and pieces of it. I had yep. chaos going at my house last night. Uh, I saw the bit with Sauce Gardner graduating. Um, yeah. I really I like him a lot. Uh, I spent some time with him in Las Vegas last year before the draft. Uh, so I focused on him, and not only is he a great player, but he's a great kid. Um, the Rogers thing, I don't know, he's weird to me. The darkness it was, retreat, uh, there was the a couple, psychedelic toad venom. They make him a lot, look a lot more normal, which I believe he is on the inside a little bit more normal than so. he, he might come across. But there's a couple of things where he, they're at the Hall of Fame game and he's talking to Sauce Gardner and it's just like the age difference is so, it's it's adorable. It's really like them trying to have a conversation. It's like a kid talking to his dad sometimes. It's just like there's something lost in translation there. I like Aaron because I'm always fascinated by how much having so much money will allow people to go in terms of personality and be something else yeah. so i've always liked aaron Rodgers. i like somebody who kind of says whatever he thinks and and i lose his own thing i didn't see that version of hard knocks i don't know how much i'll watch it I, i'm not a huge hard knocks guy uh but if people like it i'm fine with it. i turned it on i'm like just that glad it's not here because you and i talked about watching it so we could talk about it on the show um but I just, I, I'm like, John, I kind of have a hard time watching other teams because we live it every day. This is true. Although it's a good thing that they, we don't qualify for hard knocks as of right now because the team is good. You know, if you have a winning record, you don't have to be on the show. They, they made the Jets be on the, the NFL made the Jets be on the show. So it's a good thing for us that we're uh, trending upwards. There's the probably well. someone watching this who remembers Jaguar Summer. That was non-HBO. It was NFL Network. 
uh, in 2004, they embedded their cameras with us and spent the entire summer here and did Jaguar Summer, which was Hard Knocks in a year that they didn't have Hard Knocks on HBO. Oh, I'll have to go look for the throwback. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Well, the, the most interesting part was Chris Fuamatu Ma'afala. There's another one to say three times. Uh, the, the Samoan running back from Utah who did a uh, flaming torch dance at a uh, club barbecue out at uh, uh, Hannah Park one night. It was exhilarating to watch. All right. There well, you go. There's a reason to go look, look it that up. up. If you guys like reality behind the, behind the scenes sort of things, definitely want to check that out. We have a little sneak peek of something coming up for you after the break as well that if you like to see all of the stuff that's going on here at Jags Camp in the building, in the MEC, you're going to get a peek at it. we got a bunch of fans out there today. Stay with us. I'll give you that tease ahead coming up after the break. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, you can check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. I'm right here? Yep. So what is this for again? This is for the, the hunt. hunt. Like That's right. Season, yeah. All season, year-long series. So we don't have quarterbacks uh, on Netflix with Trevor Lawrence, but you are going to get the hunt for the entire 2023 football season. Fans asked for it. We are delivering. You'll get the behind the scenes, all the action for you here that we put together on the hunt. The latest episode is coming out on Thursday night. So look forward to that. I did watch that. And I live that. They do an excellent job with that. Yeah, that's, that's our hard knock. I'll give us a pat on the back. We all nice do job. a good job with that. I know, and it's, I don't mean to do with it, but <laughs> people who do do your a nice presence. Job it's it. just they do a great job. It brings us all together. Right, it, we I couldn't do it without you, John. It. It's my vibe. It's our vibe. We love a vibe. All right, the hunt is back. Training camp is here. Preseason's around the corner. We'll be back with you on Thursday morning for Jagzam as we preview a little bit of that matchup with Dallas. Training camp is underway. Thank you for joining us. We will see you again tomorrow morning.